everybody. Welcome to Hebsey on Sports, episode Don Drysdale, Artis Gilmore, Bill Romanowski, Melky Cabrera, Jeff Skinner. Hmm, number 53. We're brought to you by John Vassos, the mortgage specialist. You know, I've seen a lot. Have you seen a lot of houses up for sale? You notice that, huh? Yes. A lot of places up for sale. And I know that not everybody can qualify for a mortgage. Well, John Vassos can help out there. John's got access to hundreds of different lenders and can negotiate with any of them on your behalf. Instead of shopping around for a mortgage, let John Vassos do the heavy lifting for you. Get in touch with him now. John.Vassos, that's V-A-S-S-O-S, at MortgageScout.ca. John.Vassos at MortgageScout.ca. He's at 647-533-1440. Anything to do with mortgages, give John a call. Today on the show... If Toronto had the chance to get the Olympic Games and you had a vote, which way would you go? The folks in Calgary turned thumbs down on the five-ring circus. We'll discuss it. Toronto? The Olympics? <laughs> After losing two straight at home uh, to some hot shooting teams, the Raptors should win five of their next six. I see them at 17-4 and four pretty soon. We'll look ahead to their schedule. Uh, and I'll bet you never will see Kawhi Leonard dribble a ball off his foot ever again. Ever. Should Hall of Fame induction ceremonies be held during the offseason, like in football or basketball, or during the season while the games are going on, like in baseball and hockey? That plus the Leafs' big win in San Jose. But first, it's time for our trivia question brought to you by Panzer's Original Deli on Bathurst Street, north of Wilson. I've been going there since I was a little hebsy, and look how I've turned out. <laughs> Mike, you got to come with me one day. The best deli bar none. Let them cater your holiday party. Panzer's? They've got fabulous latkes. Their chicken soup cures everything. All their food is to die for. Call 416-636-1230. 416-636-1230. Tell them Hebsey sent you by or go to pantsersoriginaldeli.com. Hebsey, you had me at hello. Are you kidding me? Mm. I can't wait to go. Here's the trivia question brought to you by Panthers. What's the highest number ever worn by an NHL goalie in a regular season or playoff game? The highest number ever worn by an NHL goalie in a regular season or playoff game. No looking it up. The answer and a little backstory later in the program. Remember when you were a kid and your mom or dad would let you stay up really late to watch a West Coast game? I remember the Leafs playing the LA Kings in the playoffs one year. The game didn't start until 10.30 at night, and my parents let me stay up to watch the whole game on a school night. In those days, the preliminary round series in the NHL was the best two out of three. Not every team played in it. If you won your division, or I think if you were top two, you got a bye in that preliminary round. But if you were seated like between 12th and 16th, you had to play in a best two of three. And the way it went was this. Game one, okay, between the Leafs and L.A. was on a Tuesday night in Los Angeles. The Kings won it. Game two was in Toronto two days later, which the Leafs won in overtime. And now the third and deciding game was the next night. So they all got on the plane after the Leaf game, which was a Thursday, and they all flew back to L.A., and the deciding game was the next night. Friday night was the next night, and the Leafs won it 2-1 to one behind goaltender. Uh, should I know this? <laughs> uh, this is a... Uh, uh, where were you? I'm going to say Mike Palmatier. No, it was before Mike Palmatier. <laughs> yeah. His name was Gord McRae. Oh, the other three goalies on the Leafs that season? Doug Favell. Dunk Wilson, Pierre Hamel. That's right. That was the Leaf team that year. That, uh, so they didn't have great goalies. However, the Leafs that year 
They ended up losing the, the next series. They lost in the quarterfinals to Philly. They got swept four straight by the Broad Street Bullies on their way to the Stanley Cup. But the Leafs team that year didn't have the goaltending, didn't quite have the goaltending, but the rest of the team they had. All right, they had Daryl Sittler, Lanny McDonald, Borea Salming, Ian Turnbull, Tiger Williams, and future two-time 50-goal scorer Blaine Stoughton, along with future 43-goal scorer Errol Thompson. They had a good young team. Yeah. And they had Davey Keon and Ronnie Ellis, the veteran guys on that team. But they were a good young team, like the Leafs of this year, except they have better goaltending. All right, better goaltending. So I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking that team when I was a kid and I stayed up late to watch them in the playoffs. And last night I had to stay up late again. Second time this week, and tonight I'll stay up late again. But you're able to make it through these uh, West Coast games because they're starting at like 10.30, like not even like a 10 o'clock start. What did I just say? Well, I know. I'm used to this. This is something you look for. It doesn't happen that often for those of us in the East. It doesn't happen that often. I know. When the Blue Jays are on a West Coast swing in Seattle and they're playing the Angels or they're playing the A's, right? We stay up late. Games don't start till 10, 10.30. Okay, right? Maybe you don't last the whole game. Maybe you PVR it. But the thing is, it's, there's something about it. It's yeah. like, oh, you look at your schedule and go, oh, no longer those 7.30, 7 o'clock games. 10.30 start. So at 9.30, you're like rubbing the sleep from your eyes. Do I need a nap before well, the Matt, game I was going to ask you, do you nap before no, these games? And here's why, okay? <laughs> Waking up once a day is tough enough for me. Having to wake up again? Now, the difference is a real nap, a nap to me, is no more than 45 minutes. If it is, you're, you're, you're not napping, you're sleeping. If you go under the covers, that's not napping. Napping has to be above the covers, oh. no covers on you, right? It's not, you're not sleeping. You're because not once fall. you go under the covers, you're gone for four you're, hours, you're and then you're You're gone, you're you gone. Because what happens is you get down into REM sleep, and then you get into alpha sleep. And you right. don't want, you're napping, you don't want to go into alpha sleep. You just want to nap. These are to, called catnaps. Yeah, exactly. You have to be able to cultivate a catnap. A catnap is somewhere between 15 and 45 minutes. All right? And some guys can take them like that. Yeah. Like, I remember the hockey players when I traveled with them. Doug Gilmore could take a 10-minute ta- catnap just, just to get, you know, and then he'd be, <laughs> you know, a little charge thing. And I'm telling guys would do it in between periods of games sometimes. Oh, my goodness. I, yeah. I had no idea. They'd nod off. Like, they'd nod off for five minutes or whatever. You could call it, it was me- whatever it was, meditation or whatever. Some guys could, cult- could do that. Could get a 10, 15 minute or in. I just need 45. Like, they, these are the kind of a guys who, if you're going out for a big night that night, it was like, just give me 45. I just need, like, you know, I'll grab a little shower. I'll lie down. I'll put my hands over my chest. Yeah. I won't go under the covers. I'll close my eyes. I'll hear the music or the TV in the background. And I'll just, for 45 minutes. That's a nap. I've never been able to um, master the cat nap. Uh, I've never been good at that. You have to be able to. <laughs> so anyway, without a cat nap last night, I watched the Leafs clobber the San Jose Sharks after a kind of a shake, a fun first period. Because it was 3-2 Sharks after the first. And you're like, uh-oh. But it was okay, because even when the Leafs are down, I don't, I don't worry for a second that they can't come back and score. You know, they're 6-3 and three without Austin Matthews. Isn't that weird? Because last year we had a great record about Austin Matthews. Yeah, right? and I said when he went down, I said, this is the test of any good team. When, when your best player, one of your best players goes down, how does the re- it, uh, it provides opportunities for other players. So think about this. No Nylander, no Austin Matthews. Caspery Kapitan, hello! He would have been a fourth-line player. Hey, he's up on the number one line. Right. Right? Josh Levo getting some playing time. Tyler Ennis getting some playing time. Freddie Gauthier getting some playing time up there. Nazem Kadri being, being Nazem Kadri. Nazem Kadri was great last night. Although, here's the other thing. I'm reading uh, in The uh, Athletic. They have a report card after every Leafs game. I don't know how this guy could follow the play of 20 different players. Like, I don't know. So anyway, I'm reading, and, and, and under Nazem Kadri, he writes... Uh, drew a penalty eight seconds in, didn't hear from him uh, after that. So obviously he didn't watch the whole game or he just wasn't, 
that focused on Kadri because Kadri was great. Kadri drew like like lots of penalties, got into a fight. He was engaged. They were running at him. They were running at him because you know he pulled a piece of Joe Thornton's beard off last year during a fight. Right. right. Thornton's beard is almost like it's <laughs> hardly a beard at all now. But back, but remember he pulled a chunk of beard out like a yep. hunk. Of, of and it was like lying there on the ice, it, like you know something you would see it in like, like a, a dead rat or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they were all over Cadre, and he was. I think he was great last night. Do you remember who wrote that for the Athletic or no? Oh, Dom. I can't. Don Lecision, I think, is the guy's name. And he look. He does a report card after every game. Him and, and another fellow whose name escapes me. But they do a full report card. And again, I think how, how could you have kept your eye? Like you must have had minions. You must have had uh, assistants keeping an eye out like you watch levo you watch so-and-so you watch hainsey because i i watched i tend to watch the whole game Do you, unfolding but i can't i can't honestly say that i really paid that much attention to every one of par lindholm's shifts in order to properly give him a grade for the game do you know what i mean no i absolutely of course yeah you need minions like you said <laughs> now uh you know you remember that playoff series uh and now we're going way back but this is where we have to go for Maple Leaf playoff success stories, but uh, do you remember when I think Sundin was out with the injury, and then guys like uh, guys like I think Gary Roberts and these kind of guys kind of elevate Newendike. They elevated their game, yeah. and, and we we were doing quite well without Sundin. And it feels like a similar um, dynamic at play when Matthews goes down, and guys like a like a Tyler Ennis, like they have a chance to actually get more uh, playing time. Sure, of course. Well, that's what it comes really comes down to is you got to you have to adjust. And all right, who's going to step in? Who next man up? Is that what they call? call it next man up well with Nylander and that's a whole other story now that's sort of a back burner it's like this like like TSN the other day is like oh and uh, 14 days until the deadline deadline if they don't sign him I'm like hey uh, if the Leafs win tonight in Anaheim guess who's the number one team in the NHL numero uno wow is the Leafs they'd be seven and three without Matthews they'd be number one overall and by the way Mm -hmm. who's the best road team in the league by far Toronto Maple Leafs. Eight and one on the eight and one on the road. Hello. Right. So they must be, and they're rounding in a form. So uh, is Morgan Riley better than Eric Carlson? Yep. Is that right? Yep. Now you have my attention. Yep. Please continue. And he's better than Brett Burns. What? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan Riley's a hell of a player. I'm glad I named my daughter after him. Yeah. You know, we watch him all the time. I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen every one of Brett Burns' shifts this year. I have not seen every one of Carlson's shifts. But I tell you, I mean, Carlson was a great player for many years. He's still very, very good. But Morgan Riley's better. How now, many games into the season are we? Approximately. Uh, okay. Not, is it, isn't it too I, early still to make such a uh, broad statement, such a, such a grandiose statement? Uh, what, to say that uh, November... Wouldn't uh, Wilner tell you it's early? Yeah, but is it early, though? I mean, as of right now, I'd rather have Morgan Riley on my team than Eric Carlson or Brett Burns. How's that? That wow. work for you? And if I'm building a team, a young defensive team, I kind of like Morgan Riley exactly where he is. We've been watching the kid since he was, what, 18? What about like an Ekblad or something? 19, Wouldn't Ekblad's you rather- a hell of a player. Ha- different kind of a player. Hell of a player. Okay? Hell I love those questions. You're starting a team from scratch today, and you can have oh. one defenseman. Who do you pick? I love those Morgan, questions. If, look, if only the Leafs could find a right-handed defenseman, a right defenseman. Just get me one. Brandon Montour. By the way, they're playing him tonight. Anaheim. Got to keep an eye on him. Um, and the other question is, seriously, uh, who do you put in goal tonight if you're the Leafs? If you win, you're number one in the NHL. You're nine and one on the road. If you win tonight, you've got a choice. Freddie Anderson, who had 40. Five shots fired at him last night. 
All right. We both know there's not a chance. There's not a snowball's chance in H-E double hockey sticks that we see uh, Anderson in net tonight. What? Babcock, play, Babcock doesn't do that. You're right? going to play Garrett Sparks. Yeah, I okay. mean Babcock will. All right. Okay, got to. I guess. I guess you can afford. I guess you could afford to lose tonight. Yeah, you can afford to lose. You don't want to. You don't want to run your starting goalie out there and and have him face 97 shots in in two consecutive nights and then have a groin problem for the rest of the season. You're right. And, and you can't risk Garrett having Sparks him tired in April. Right. Okay. And because you you went for that game right. in San Jose right. in uh, November. I wouldn't start Kawhi Leonard uh, tonight I'm, against Anaheim, Anaheim either. If I were. Oh, sorry. A lot of complaints on social media the other night when the Hockey Hall of Fame induction ceremonies were going on. Many were saying, and it started with Scott, Scott Burnside, who writes for, I think, NHL. Is he still with NHL.com? Anyway, Burnside was saying that the league should be dark on that night, that there shouldn't be games played so that everyone can concentrate on the great Hall of Famers that are going in, like Alexei Yakishev. Uh, and that they should Gary be, Bettman. And Gary Bettman. That's right. And Gary Bettman, who's still, who shouldn't be going in. And by the way, that was a key response from all of our um, listeners on social media was, sure, sure, Bettman goes in, but not now. Not while he's still an active um, um, commissioner. Right. You can't do that. Um, but anyway, so do you think that, um, like baseball has their Hall of Fame in the middle of summer on a Sunday. It's a Hall of Fame weekend. There's games. They don't stop playing. They don't say to baseball, okay, no game scheduled on this Sunday in all these ballparks, you know, uh, because we, we're going to sit and watch the Hall of Fame ceremonies, right? And a lot of times the speeches can be, you know, like... <laughs> yeah. And then when I was 15 years old in junior hockey, right? So um, would you rather have it like the NBA and the NFL, where it's before it's just before the season? The NFL, actually, their preseason kicks off with the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. Speeches, busts of the players, you know, being inducted. Um, reverence, you know, deep voices, 101st Airborne Division doing a flyover, stuff like that. Uh, the NBA is a little quieter there, and Hall of Fame induction uh, ceremonies are in September prior to the, the season. doesn't start till October, but it's prior to the start of the preseason. So it kicks off the season. It tips off the season. It gets you thinking about that particular sport. It celebrates the sport. Uh, you know, uh, I, I kind of like it. It brings maximum exposure. I like that. But I, I would never think to have the NHL not schedule any games on the night that six people are going into the Hall of Fame and a stiff crowd at the Hockey Hall of Fame is uh, it's part of a, The other thing, it's part of a television show. And, and in Cooperstown, it's not. Like, they record it. But here it's now the television show, the Hockey Hall of Fame, and here's your host, James Duffy. You know, and everyone's wearing a tux, and it's, you know, and people flew in. And like, I, like, like the Buffalo... Uh, no, who is it? Um, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning was playing in Buffalo. They bust the entire team up from Buffalo to be there for Marty St. Louis. Right. It was nice. But why wouldn't you just have it before the season started and then everybody could take a day off? Everyone could take, everyone, not teams that are playing, could take the day off. So what do you think about that, Mike? Well, before I tell you, uh, the NBA uh, Hall of Fame ceremony reminds me of that time Michael Jordan flew his high school coach yeah, uh, to the yeah. ceremony just so he could just so he could chew him out for cutting him in grade right, nine, right. which I thought was one of those amazing right. like uh, yeah yeah I flew him in punk ego moves like that's incredible right here he, yeah. thanks for coming so no I but I think out, it was but, more I think it was more like you know thank you for because he did Michael's like I didn't deserve to be on the team I wasn't good enough and you know if had you not been truthful with me and cut me from that team it wouldn't have been I wouldn't have had the inspiration. Okay, but rewatch that speech, man. Well, that I is know, the most yeah. passive aggressive yeah, speech. It, it, in the it was. You're right. It was. It was. It was. But right. back to the <laughs> NHL. I'm going to sum it up like this. Right. Uh, 
If it ain't broken, don't fix it. I'm hearing no outcry from fans that, oh, you know, we should... What do you mean you're hearing no outcry? This is a non-issue. It's it's, a huge issue. It was all over Twitter, and people (laughs) were like, yeah, you know... You're following people with too much time on their hands. Uh, This is for the average uh, hockey fan. It's fine just the way it is. Okay. You know, it's all good. You're okay with it. Did you watch it? Uh, No. Not a second uh, of it. Not Not a a second of it. But if it was prior to the start of the season... And it was, you know, hockey season's about to begin, and here's the, and now, let's say you combined it with, how about this? Let's say you combined it with this. Yeah. You've got the Hockey Hall of Fame induction, and you're actually handing out the awards, the NHL awards, from the previous season. You're giving them out preseason, okay? So now you're combining the two. It's a television extravaganza. It's the Hall of Fame and celebration weekend for the NHL. It's in September. No? If the speeches go longer than three minutes, will, they, will the orchestra play them maybe off? Maybe so. Uh, they may be potentially maybe so. I could uh, tune How about in. you celebrate the sport with, in, in all its glory, <laughs> the Hall of Fame, and, and you hand out the hardware. Here's your Art Ross trophy. Okay, I'm into Here's this your... if it's hosted by Hebsey. That's my mm-hmm. uh, final uh, they, request. They'd have to pay me a lot of money for that. <laughs> um, Julie on Twitter asks, why can't there be a baseball awards show where all the players get dressed up and get awards for like best play, best home run, and give out the gold gloves on television? I'd pay to see that. Would you? And you know what? I I, kind of might. It's like, hey, I want to see the guys get their gold glove, and which, by the way, is the cheesiest trophy in all of sport. <laughs> Do you know what that is, eh? The gold glove? Isn't it literally like a gold glove? It's like literally a... a baseball glove spray-painted gold. Oh. Oh, do you know that? I it's didn't know it was che- that. I knew really it looked like a glove. It's really cheesy-looking. But if they actually had cool gold gloves, I would say I would watch the gold glo- I would watch the ceremonies. I, I would turn it into a television. Have Kevin Hart come out or whatever and do a spiel. <laughs> or I, mean, I don't know. But make it interesting and then say, all right, Let's bring. It's like they used to bring out the Kodak All America team on the Bob Hope specials. Bring out all the Gold Glovers, right? Not dressed in their uniforms, dressed in a nice suit and tie, like that NHL and awards ha- from Vegas. Yeah, that and ha- yeah, and hand them their Gold Glove and go, you know, uh, Kevin Pillar, congratulations, and and introduce the dudes not wearing their uniforms and have people go, yeah, way to go, Gold Glove, right? As opposed to burying it somewhere and. Like, have they given out the gold gloves yet? Is it part of this schedule then that baseball does where as soon as the World Series is over, it's like, okay, Tuesday, Rookie of the Year. Wednesday, Young. No, I'm with Thursday, you. MVP. It's- Friday, gold gloves. And Next then- week, we're going to do Manager of the Year, and we're going to do Comeback Player of the Year, and Relief Pitcher of the Year, and Silver Slugger Award. Man, just put it all into one big show. Okay, but then their PR people would be like, now we get a piece of the news every single day uh, for weeks. But I'm first of all, Julie's got a great idea. I, I think if you package it right, uh, I would like to, I'd watch that. I'm sure I'd watch that, especially since Vlad Guerrero is going to win so many Slugger Awards over the next decade. I'd want to watch that. Can I sure. give you a Vlad Guerrero update? Please, of course. Uh, the, the Arizona Fall League is over now. They're done. They're, they played like, I don't know, nine or ten games. And the, the, <laughs> obje- the object is, is that these guys are all top, top prospects. This is like you went down to like single A ball and you're facing single A players. You're facing the top prospects from many, many organizations. And a lot of them were put together on a team. And uh, the surprise team, Surprise Arizona, uh, has had um, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., Nate Pearson, um, uh, Jackson McClellan, who throws about 100 miles an hour, uh, and uh, Kevin Biggio. Oh, oh, and the guy they got in the Steve Pierce deal, uh, Espinal, a second baseman from Boston. 
And so they were all on the same team. Well, who was the player? Uh, uh, the, the player in the league was Nate Pearson, the pitcher, who reached 105 miles an hour. Wow. On 105 on the radar gun. Now, it's Arizona. And they oh. tell me in Arizona that I could hit the ball 20 yards further in golf. So he's 105 on the radar gun in Arizona in the thin air. So we'll give him, I don't know, 102, which I'm okay with. It's amazing. It's so, amazing. So his name's Nate Pearson, Okay. Same as the airport in Toronto. So we've got to come up with a big-time uh, uh, aeronautical uh, nickname, all right, for Nate Pearson. The big hanger. I don't know, but we'll come up with something because the dude is going to be – he'll probably start the season at Dunedin. He'll end up in um, in AA New Hampshire, and he's. I think he's uh, uh, projected for around 2020. How about the, the, the Lancaster bomber hey! or something like that? Nate Pearson. So anyway, he's the, he's the, like, the pitcher of the year, and uh, Vladdy hit 351. But he didn't hit a home run. So people were like, oh, he didn't hit a home run. But he's hit line drives all over the joint. 351. So there you, you think go. you get and home run by accident. And that's not against A or AA pitching. That's against the top prospects in, in, in Major but League Baseball. Did I hear Biggio had a disappointing uh, Arizona Fall Well, dis- disappointing, no. Disappointing at the plate. He got better, but he was learning to play the outfield. Okay. And he may be projected as your left fielder of the future on the, uh, on the Blue So I thought, I thought I'd throw that one in there. No, please. I, it keeps me feeling warm on Good. a cold, slushy day. I'm happy to hear that. Okay, so our trivia question. Uh, brought to you by Panthers, was this. What's the highest number ever worn by a National Hockey League goalie in a regular season or playoff game? Mike, do you have a guess? I, I, I'm having hazy memories highest now number. of like Darren Poopa wearing a high number. Darren Poopa, I, I, I'll accept Darren Poopa as the correct, even though oh, it's yeah? not, even though it's not, I'll accept it. <laughs> well, explain. Because had you gotten the right answer, I would have uh, dropped dead of a heart attack. <laughs> All right, I would have dropped dead. Darren Pooper wore jersey number 93 yeah. for many years for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Right. That would be the highest were it not for Olivier Michaud. Now, who, you may ask, is Olivier <laughs> Michaud? Who's that? Well, Olivier Michaud wore jersey number 95. All right? Wow. Uh, Canes. 95, 80 for the Montreal Canadiens in his one and only National Hockey League game. He played in Edmonton against the Oilers on October 30th, 2001. You see, Montreal had starter José Theodore and backup Jeff Hackett lost to injury, and third stringer Mathieu Garon was uh, the starting goalie, but they needed a backup, so they put in the call to Shawinigan Falls, Quebec for 18-year-old... 18 years and uh, 46 days. Wow. He was 18 years and 46 days old. Called up from the junior uh, Shawinigan Katarak. And when Garon gave up three goals after two periods to the Oilers, and the Habs were down 3-0, they brought in young Mr. Olivier Michaud. Why not? Bring him in. 18 years and 46 days old. Made him the youngest player ever to 10 goal for the Montreal Canadiens. He stopped all 14 shots in the third period. And in fact, the Habs, who were down 3 nothing, made it 3-1 early in the third, and Michaud kept them in the game, making some beautiful saves. One wow. in particular on Ryan Smith, they tell me. So uh, he never played another game in the NHL. That was it. Called up, emergency call-up, relieves Matthew Garon, third what? period in Edmonton, does not allow a goal. His NHL record, Perfect. a blank sheet. Reminds me of Moonlight Graham, who never got, never got back in the majors after. Moonlight Graham. But Moonlight Graham <laughs> became a doctor. That's right. The difference here is uh, Mr. Monsieur uh, Michaud. Oh, do you yes. realize what happened, though? What? I gave the nickname Lancaster Bomber. 
Moonlight Graham yes. was played by Burt Lancaster. Burt Lan- you wow, see what happened here, Hebby? Wow, I did. I saw what happened. You came up with them. Anyway, um, um, Mr. Uh, Monsieur Michaud ended up playing goal for Canada and won a silver medal in the 2002 World Junior Hockey Championships. This was after he had performed for the Montreal Canadiens. So imagine <laughs> this. You're going to the World Championships. You're like, I've already been in the NHL. Like, I already got a shutout. You know, I've, no one's ever scored on me in the NHL. Uh, he currently resides in Montreal. And uh, he operates uh, a goaltending school, Ecole de Gardien du But, Olivier Michaud. So congratulations. If you knew that Olivier Michaud was the answer, however, because I'm a good guy, I will accept Darren Poopa, who yeah. works at number <laughs> I know it's wrong. You're being a nice guy. Okay? There you go. Our trivia brought to you by Pantry's Original Deli on Bathurst Street, just north of Wilson. Mm. Dine in, take out, let them cater your holiday affair with their fabulous party trays. Call Lauren at 416 636 1230-636-1230. Go to the original. Go to pantsersoriginaldeli.com. Tell them Hebsy sent you. Do it. Support the show and support those who support the show. Yeah, pantsers. Like dancers, except with a, with a P. Um, where was I here? Oh, yeah. This was a really interesting story. Where did I do this? What did I do with the story? What did I do with the story? Oh, my God. Mike, tell me. <laughs> I had this fabulous story printed out, and now it's gone. That's okay, I'll vamp. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, um, so the city of Calgary, Alberta, held a vote. Right? You heard about this story, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, of course. They held a vote to say, you know, do we want to have the Winter Olympics of 2026? Would we like to have those Olympics? And the answer was a resounding, no, we don't, ever. We, um, but we that's not resounding. Is that resounding? Well, 56, 56 yes. 56.4% okay. versus 43.6%. I would say that's resounding. Okay. I would say if it was 52.48, you might get me at whatever. But 56.43, that's, that's resounding. I'm sure they could have declared no, the winner, early on in that vote. Now, the question here, Mike, is since yep. you're from Toronto and you are Toronto Mike, mm-hmm. would you, if you had a vote, would you vote yay or nay for the Olympics coming to Toronto? Hell yeah. I mean, I got, I got excited about the Pan Am Games, and I participated in a whole bunch of Pan Am Games stuff around the city, and I love it. I was always jealous that uh, Vancouver got to, to have that big party in 2010. Uh, yeah, I think uh, you, you do it right and do it. Uh, I think Toronto deserves an Olympics. And I know, I know it's become uh, out of fashion, I want to say. Like, it's no longer... Uh, I mean, there's so few com- com- uh, cities bidding uh, particularly on Why the winter games. Why do you think games. that is? On the winter games or the well, summer games? Well, either. Because summer's think... doing okay because yeah. summer has some big monster cities. Why, do you, why uh, do you think that is? Cost of the games, I think it's the facilities for the winter games are so expensive. What about corruption th- within the IOC? Do you think that would have anything to do with it? The, the, uh, idea, yeah. the, idea, the idea that you, your city, your bid, maybe you bid several times and every time, China beat you out, or right. Russia or Atlanta, beat you out, or, of or Putin, or Putin paid all this money, or <laughs> yeah. the, this guy took a bribe, or you know what I mean? See this? Like I, I don't. I'm not sure. I want to. I I love to. I would love to go to the Olympics. I'm not sure I want it. Well, we built there. so much uh, awesome infrastructure but do for we, the Pan do Am we? Games but do that we I feel like we've already. Kind Where of are they going to ski here? What are they going to do? They're no, gonna I'm thinking. Su- I'm thinking summer games for Toronto. Oh. I'm thinking summer. I always think summer games for Toronto. Where, where are you going to build a stadium? 
You got to have an Olympic size stadium. You got to have a seventy-five thousand seat Olympic stadium. We've built some things already for the Pan Am Games, like the the Aqua Center. Yep. What, what do you call that? I can't know. Yeah. But but things like that, things have been built for the Pan Am Games that could be used for the Olympics. We have a bunch of infrastructure some, already here. There's some. We so don't have a stadium. There might be a thing here and there, but again, uh, the Summer Olympics seems to still get big city bidders like Tokyo and L.A. and all these big cities like that, Paris. Yeah. But uh, the Winter Games seems to be the uh, issue. In, Innsbruck, Austria, every year. <laughs> right, like but, but even now they've added so many well, new events. Well, think about think about Calgary. Okay, yeah. you're going you're going through the same cities that have already hosted Olympics. But they've added but, so much since then. Like there's sure. so many new events and. But new, the point is, yeah. is that, like you say, you've got to have the infrastructure. You have to have the facility. If you already have yeah. the facilities there, you're likely to have a better bid than someone that's going to say we're going to build the facilities. Right. Like what happened in uh, Sochi was like the, half the facilities weren't built yet and stuff like that. But right. there's always that fear. Right. That the facilities won't be ready, but if you already got them there, yeah. So you would you would put a bid in for Toronto to, for the summer for Olympics. the summer games. Yeah, I was. Uh, I felt we should have had it in '96. Uh, I was excited about that, and yeah. So for the summer games, I I would like one day to see Toronto host the Summer Olympics. I okay. think they do a great job. All right. Well, I'm going to put my house up on Airbnb. <laughs> well, for that there you go. Two or three weeks. <laughs> the Toronto Raptors have the best record in the NBA. Uh, what did he say? <laughs> the Toronto Raptors have the best record of the NBA. If the Leafs win tonight, and the Raptors. Uh, You'll have Toronto and Toronto leading the NBA. So even though the Raptors have lost, because I haven't checked the standings, they lost two in a row. And that's a heartbreaker. I guess we're going to talk about it in a minute. 12 Uh, and three. Yeah. Well, they lost to, listen, they lost to two teams that played very well. New Orleans and Detroit did not make many mistakes, made almost all of their shots. But we were up by 19. It doesn't matter. And played great defense. They played lockdown defense. And don't tell me that Dwayne Casey, even when they were down 19, says, I know how to beat these guys. Because Dwayne Casey was the coach many times when they blew big leads in the fourth quarter. See, I see it as we beat ourselves in that sure distance they game. Sure uh, they did. Sure. If you're not shooting well, yeah. give up the ball. If this, some guy isn't playing well, take him out of the game. Now, if you recall, I told you before the New Orleans game especially that they needed more size inside, right? That they needed to have that. Well, what happened was Anthony Davis and uh, I'm trying to think of the other big, oh, um, uh, the lefty, uh, Julius Randle. Uh, had a had a, had had a field day inside against the Raptors. Ibaka got hurt in that game, and they didn't uh, double up with Valanciunas. But basically, what happened was New Orleans was shooting like the lights out. They were shooting the lights out in the Detroit game. Yeah, we were cold. Raptors went cold. They went stone cold. They yeah. had to change things around, and they didn't. And then Kawhi dribbled one off of his foot. Which, I, I mean, I'm still and then haunted allowed, by that and moment. Then they allowed, no, but that wasn't it. Then they allowed, yeah. they allowed two great scoring two opportunities. The two of them. The first one was a, a great play, I think, by Siakam, where it would have been a backdoor alley-oop dunk, right. which was very similar to when they cross it, or if it's off a set piece in soccer, where they play it for the far post. Right? They play it all the way to the far post, and then some guy arriving late, slam dunks it in or heads it in in the far post, whatever it is. And they almost scored there. And then with 1.2 seconds left, who did they? They got Calderon, one of the best inbounders in all of basketball, finds the guy underneath winning basket. There you go. Heartbreaker, but still, still, they're still the best team in the NBA. Is it three losses? I know two in a row, but is that three overall? Yeah, one to Milwaukee and two in a row now at home. And how many losses do the Warriors have? I'm putting on the spot here. Four, okay. Let me get to that. <laughs> I'm sorry. So the Raptors are in Boston tonight. So they got the Celtics tonight. Celtics just wiped out Chicago. Celtics may, may, may end up winning this game. Especially, we don't know what's going to happen if Ibaka's going to play or Danny Green's going to play tonight. But anyway, after that, it gets a lot easier. In Chicago, you, me, and three of your neighbors can beat the <laughs> Chicago Bulls. In Orlando, in Atlanta, a horrible team. And then the Raps uh, are home to Washington, very beatable team, and Miami. Those six teams that I mentioned, including Boston, are a combined 33 and 49 this year. Okay, the Raptors are 12 and 3. Got it? 
Right. So they should be able to go five and one, no worse than four and two in the next six games. And we don't, again, Green, we don't know. Ibaka, we don't know. Norman Powell's got a bad shoulder. He's out for quite a while. So the Raptors are going to lean heavily on Kawhi, on Lowry, on FVV, OG, Siakam, JV, right? I don't know about Miles. I don't know about Miles. And ever since he did those commercials, CJ's PJ's, <laughs> these guys have been horrible. He's taken over for JV on those uh, Listen, commercials. Listen, every Raptor that ever did a commercial was gone. Do you remember those stupid Sprite commercials with, uh, <laughs> okay. Matt, with not Matt Ginobili, what am I saying, with um, uh, Ball. Right. Uh, uh, Turgaloo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember Ball. those? <laughs> remember those killer. dumb commercials? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember the ones for Ford with DeMar when he was a rookie? And, ah, I, I like basketball. Like, remember some of those spots? I saw OGs in a commercial. Yeah, now. OGs in a real good dipping commercial, and <laughs> Jack Armstrong's the voice. Oh, yeah. I yeah. love that. This is how. Get that garbage out of here. Now, now, be honest. When, yeah. you, when you first heard of OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam, did you not think that when you heard them speak, there would be some type of um, a lilt uh-huh. in their voice? Uh-huh. Did you not think, oh, oh yeah, you make some assumptions. You're going to make an assumption that there's a a, a lilt of some kind that they weren't from. They're not North American, for example, right? Yeah, yeah. But they both uh, they both are like, you know, (laughs) it's when you hear someone's voice, you go, really? I just you never expected that from looking at someone. (laughs) That's a good point. You don't expect the voice. It's the same as when you hear someone's voice and you meet them in person. You go, oh, you don't look anything like you sound. Like nothing like you Especially sound. if you're somebody who's an author and people have been reading your work for years. Right. And they read it and they, they guess your voice based on your face yeah. and your writing. Yeah. And then, and, you, and then the, you hear them on a radio show and you're like, oh, I always had that person sounding like Don Draper or something. That's why that's why book company, that's why a lot of people will not, they don't like it when the author reads his or her own book. They don't like that at all. The only exception is, not I guess, if uh, our mutual friend Tom Wilson from the yeah. Junk House wants to read his book, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. Do you see what happened with uh, Draymond Green and uh, Kevin Durant this week? I saw a little bit. Of- Draymond Green was suspended for a game for conduct uh, detrimental to the team because he basically called Kevin Durant a bitch. Like during a timeout, they're on the bench and he's he calling him the bitch. He can't do that. Can't do that. <laughs> it's not nice. So Golden State, uh, they they want uh, they uh, they got waxed last night. So they're twelve and four. So they're number two in the NBA behind the Raptors. They got beat one hundred seven eighty six last night. Uh, Draymond Green zero points, zero, and wow. Kev- Kevin Durant six of fifteen, shooting only twenty points. And none of the Golden State starters, for the first time in in eons mm-hmm. since Jesus wore short pants, <laughs> uh, since the year of the small potato, none of the Golden State starters made a three pointer in the game. Not one. Golden that State is starter. actually an amazing. Factoid right there. Right. Uh, Steph Curry's still out with that abductor injury. Uh, uh, do, you know what a, do you know what an abductor is? Is it near <clears> the abdomen? It's a muscle. It's sort of a, uh, it's not actually, a, it's a, a series of muscles through the thigh and into the abdomen area that stretch a certain way, blah, blah, blah. And it's one of those painful kind of in the hernia kind of area there. And, the, mm. and uh, sounds <laughs> like it'd be uh, rather important <laughs> for a basketball yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, um, and I'm telling you, my abductor muscle has been killing me lately, but I'm, I'm not an NBA player at all. Final story here before we go, and a wonderful, fabulous story. I found, I found the story. Retired NFL linebacker Jeff Rohr, who played for the Dallas Cowboys for seven years, is gay and set to become the first former or current NFL player in a same-sex marriage. He oh. revealed that in a recent interview published by the New York Times. In the story, the 59-year-old Rohrer opens up about his sexuality for the first time. Quote, I'm sure there's going to be some people out there who have a negative reaction to this, and I'm fine with it. He was drafted by the Cowboys after college, played from 1982 to 89. If I had told the Cowboys in the late 80s that I was gay, he said, I would have been cut immediately. It was a different world back then. People did not want to hear it. 
In fact, it was football, he says, that kept him from coming out for so long. According to Rohr, his upcoming wedding to uh, esthetician to the stars, Joshua Ross, will surprise many. In fact, he told the New York Times that one guest already sent back the wedding invitation thinking it was a joke. Oh. Right? Ouch. Yeah. I've given at least five people heart attacks with this news, he said, but for the most part, many of my closest friends, including some of my former teammates with the Cowboys, could not have been happier and more supportive. Among the supporters, former NFL Senior Vice President of Communications, Greg Aiello, who told the Times, quote, people who really know Jeff will be happy for him, and I'm proud of him for living his truth. Mike, this is a fantastic story. I feel bad that Jeff Rohr had to hide his sexuality all those years. Does this open the door now for former players, not current players, that's, we're, we're a ways from that. Maybe not that far, but for more former players to come out. Hopefully. Hopefully. I hope so, too. Was it Michael Sam? Who's the gentleman? Yeah, who Michael was, Sam, uh, yep. He drafted but never played in the NFL. No, right? played, I think, might have played a half a game in the CFL with the Alouettes. Uh, they brought oh, him I in. Remember I remember him leaving that, kind of that game. But yeah. you're talking about, a, you're talking about a, a, a star, not a star player, yeah. but, a, but a top player for the Dallas Cowboys for years, basically saying, listen, I'm 59. I could have come out when I was 38 yeah. or 36 or whatever, maybe, but, but football prevented him from doing that. And now he's announced his, uh, his, his wedding, gay wedding. And uh, good for him. Yeah, good for him. Hopefully it opens uh, the doors for others to uh, be their true selves, as you said. I hope so, because inclusion is a big, big part of today's world. And, you know, um, in my book, um, my guy, George Washington Orton, I didn't realize this at the time, but he was a real defender of equal rights. He was the first to allow females to compete in uh, sanctioned events, uh, um, blacks, persons of color to compete. This is back in the early 1900s. Wow. And, um, and also um, disabled. He was disabled himself. I just uh, realized that he was the first actual real uh, uh, Paralympian, but he was competing in the Olympic Games for able body. but he was the first uh, disabled uh, athlete to win a, a gold medal Bef- prior to what they thought. The first disabled they thought was a fellow in 1904 who had a, a wooden leg. He had his leg amputated, so he had a wooden leg, and he won three gold medals. But, but here's what he won them in. The pommel horse in gymnastics, the vault, and a, it was called a rope climb. So my question at the time was, well, that's interesting, because would he have needed the, 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 the leg? Would that have been harmful? Would that have hindered his attempts at the pommel horse and that? And, and if he wore that, the the prosthetic leg, the wooden leg, while he did it, would it have been easier for him to do a pommel horse or a thing like that? Because Orton had a, a shrunken arm. It was a dead arm from a, a blood clot. And he ran steeplechase and hurdles. So you, I guess you need an arm to help you launch yeah, you. Of course. So to, and that opened up another question, which was um, what, what, what are the disabilities, what are the rules when it comes to disabilities and performing in Paralympics or being considered to be a disabled athlete. Anyway, that's a whole, that's a story for another time, but it's part of the book. And that's it for episode number 53 of Hebsey on Sports, brought to you by John Vassos, the mortgage specialist. John is not tied to any one bank, which ensures that you will get unbiased advice and opinions. If you're looking for independent mortgage advice, contact john.vassos, V-A-S-S-O-S, at mortgagescout.ca, or call or text him at 647-533-1440. Thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. His Toronto Mike podcast is a must listen. Hit him up at Toronto Mike. I'm at Hebsey Man on social media. And my new book, The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of, is available now for pre-order on Amazon or Chapters Indigo. 
book comes out in February, and it's the story of Canada's first Olympic gold medalist, George Washington Orton, who was thought to be an American for 70 years. With a name like that? He overcame a serious disability to become a world record holder and a staunch defender of equal rights for women, for persons of colors, color, and for the disabled. And he is still not recognized as a Canadian by many authorities in this country, despite his accomplishments, and that's a shame. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace back with another episode of Hebsey on Sports very soon. Until then, so long for now.